today the scripture reading is from the New Revised Standard Version Bible. It is Ephesians 1, chapter 1, verses 11 through 23. St. Paul writes, In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will so that we, who are the first to set our hopes on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In Christ you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of God's glory. I have heard of your faith in Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him so that, with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may perceive what is the hope of which Christ has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. God puts this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead seated Christ at God's hand, right hand in the heaven places, far beyond and above all rule and authority and a power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And God has put all of these things under Christ's feet and has made him the head of all things for the church, which is Christ's body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Grace and peace to you, beloved. I am Amy Wilson-Feltz. I'm the pastor of Morning Star. In case you haven't had a chance to meet me just yet, it is a joy to be with you on this first Sunday in the month of November. This is also All Saints Day, and so we'll talk a little bit more about what that means for us and for our tradition and our community as we move through the message this morning. For now, I invite you to take a deep breath. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I was in the sixth grade, I dreaded attending school for a period of time, mostly because of one class period and one particular teacher. The way she spoke to her students tied my stomach in knots, and I didn't know what to do about it. 
One day I overheard someone saying that my teacher was serving as a caregiver for someone she loved, someone who was experiencing a grave illness. And even at 11 years old, I could understand the strain that such a responsibility would place on someone's heart. So I, I tucked that information away into my own heart until an opportunity arose. I completed my assignment for the morning and I moved from my desk to the countertop where we had been asked to submit our work. And that's when I saw my teacher at her desk and I said her name gently. What? She said. I'm praying for you. I said softly. The transformation was remarkable. Her eyes softened. Her body posture relaxed. She smiled a bit, and I even heard her take a deep breath. She said, thank you, Amy, as she gave me a hug. I needed that. And we do. We need prayer. We need to pray with and for each other. We're a praying community here at Morningstar. And I haven't been counting, but I would guess that we say things like, pray for me or I will pray for you as often as we say hello in this community. Many times when we pray for each other, we are interceding for each other. We are praying for something on another's behalf. The number one request that we have here at Morningstar has to do with healing. Many times we share those requests through the email list that is cultivated by Janet McQueen. And one of the things, one of the many things that I appreciate about the way Janet manages that ministry is that she follows up. She checks in with people and she says, how did that go? How are you feeling? And then she updates the requests, including Thanksgiving whenever possible. And our holy text is filled with examples of people giving thanks to God for a variety of reasons, including thanksgiving for each other. And that's what we see in our passage that Reverend Brown read for us this morning from Ephesians. This letter from Paul to Timothy, in which he says, I have heard of your faith and love toward all the saints. I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. When we say the word saints in church, we often think of something like this. We think about the 10,000 saints in the Roman Catholic tradition, each proclaimed through a formal process in which they are vetted and their holy virtue is demonstrated and proof of at least two miracles is given. And we can appreciate the lives of the saints and we even work in their prayers and, and some of their traditions in our own worship. But saints are not featured as prominently in our tradition, at least not these saints. When we mention the saints, we're using the word in the way that Paul uses the word to describe people of the church, living and dead. In other words, a saint in our tradition is anyone who follows Jesus. A saint is anyone who follows Jesus, and that includes you. Did you know you were a saint? I know that notion often makes people uncomfortable because many of us have been raised with this idea that we are sinners in need of God's grace. 
And that is true. Every one of us needs God's grace. But we are also the beloved children of God, which means we are also saints. We are saints and sinners at the same time. And Paul is not the only one who talks about this. We see this in the writings of Peter as well. After calling people strangers in a foreign land, Peter says, you are also a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, so that you can proclaim the mighty works of the one who has called you out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. So we're strangers, but we're chosen. We're exiled, but we belong. We are sinners, and we are saints, such as the nature of following Jesus. And that's why Paul impresses upon the hearers of this letter the importance of supporting one another, praying for one another. He's giving thanks for the saints who are caring for the other saints in the church. And he talks about the nature of this community with the word inheritance. And we talked a little bit about inheritance last week when we read the parable of the prodigal son. We often think of inheritance as money, an estate, something of value to be passed down from one generation to another. And Paul takes this notion of intergenerational connectedness and ties it to the work of Christ in our lives. We've been given this inheritance, this glorious inheritance as those who follow Jesus, and it has nothing to do with money. It's much more valuable than that, actually. It has to do with relationship. It makes us a family. People who share inheritance are related. It gives us a purpose. It presents us with a living hope. And this is the prayer that, that Paul has for us, which we read this morning. May God give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that being enlightened, you may perceive this hope to which you have been called, the riches of this glorious inheritance among the saints. Again, this inheritance is relational, which means we experience it through each other, through the works of the saints in our lives. And that's one of the reasons that we set aside time each year to observe All Saints Day and our worship. It gives us the opportunity and community not just to remember the loved ones who have died in the past year, but to give thanks for them, to give thanks for their contributions to our faith, our own discipleship. And what we're talking about here is the great cloud of witnesses that the writer of the letter to the Hebrews mentions, including all of these wonderful biblical characters such as Moses and Rahab and King David. And you might be thinking, there's no way I measure up to these heroes. Let's not forget that I just mentioned two murderers and a woman with quite the reputation. Sainthood is not about flawlessness. It's about faithfulness, which is not possible without repentance and forgiveness because nobody is perfect. And that's what I finally recognized about my teacher all those years ago. She was going through a great time of exhaustion and grief and, yes, perhaps allowing that stress to land on her students. But she was also a follower of Jesus. She was actually a member of the church that I attended at the time. 
And in the face of a nervous preteen girl who desperately wanted to relieve some of her own angst, that imperfect follower of Jesus found enough peace to give some back. What a saint. Thanks be to God. Truly what a privilege it is to give thanks for the legacy of people who have shared the inheritance of everyday faith while they lived, but also through their memories after they die. Today, we have the opportunity to remember 21 people who have connections in this community of faith. And some of these names you're going to recognize because you're going to remember them as people who have strong ties with Morningstar. Some of the names won't be familiar because they have been submitted as friends and as family members of the congregation, but they're all saints. And their lives have made a difference in someone else's life and in the life of someone you know, and that's the connection. That's the power of the great cloud of witnesses. And so it is our honor this morning to read the names of our saints. As we do so, we will light a candle in memory of each one. Kathy and I will share that responsibility, and Laura will toll a bell in recognition of a life well lived. And when all of the names have been shared, we will light one more candle, and we will ring the bell once more for anyone in your life who has died in the past year who has not been named this morning. We will remain silent while the list is read, and at the very end, after all the names have been shared, we will say together a word of thanksgiving. I will say, for all of these, your saints, and you will say with me, we give you thanks, O God. I'll prompt you. You don't have to remember. I just want to let you know that that's going to come up. And kids, as we are saying the names of the saints, you are welcome to take your candle and hold it in your hand and watch it flicker as we give thanks for the lives of these saints. So I invite you to take a breath now. Let us give thanks for the inheritance of faith that has been shared with us in the lives of Robert Alexander. Eunice Alexander. Erwin John Eswegen. Lisa Baldwin. Paul Buell. Barb Burleson. Marjorie Glasgow.
Curtis Graham. Johnny Hammett. Jim Kiever. Clarence McDonald. Jerry Myers. Jenny Neal. Hector Ogaz. Sherlyn Podowitz. Bill Reiner. Gerald Sage. Jack Saunders, Sr. Terenza Schantz. Ernest Van Trees. Roland Zweibel. And for other beloved saints, we pray. Now together we say, for all of these, your saints, we give you thanks, O Lord. Amen. The holiness of this moment is never lost on me, even when we have to replace the wick in the middle of the service, because that's just life, right? And we're all just human, and it is a privilege in my ministry to give thanks for all of the saints who have kept the faith and rest from their labor. It's an even greater blessing to remind you that the legacy of their faith continues on in you. I have heard of your faith, Paul says, and of your love for others, and I'm praying that you will act with wisdom and that you will acknowledge the work of God in your lives as you see hope unfolding into tangible goodness, as you take hold of the only thing of true value, the power of God's love and grace in everyday words and actions. And this is my prayer for you as well, because you are the living saints.
You're the living saints of the church, and your life of faith makes a difference in real time. So in an effort to demonstrate this truth, you have a star, and I would like you to write your name on the star. If you don't have a star, you can just raise your hand, and Kathy will make sure that you have them. You can also do this after the service as well. Just make sure that they come to me or to one of the kiddos. They'll have a basket to receive the stars later. Write your name on the star. Go ahead and raise your hand if you don't have one. Kathy's coming. Please leave the star with me before the service is over or as you are leaving because we're going to demonstrate these stars in a way over the next several weeks that reminds us of what we are shining into the world, especially as we move in to the season of Advent and the season of Christmas. We want to reflect on what we are reflecting into the world. So write your name on a star and make sure that you leave it with me or with one of the kids before the end of the service. Just raise your hand and keep it raised and Kathy will come to you. And as we go, dear saints, let us not forget to remember each other in our prayers with thanksgiving because it is in our connection with each other that our inheritance grows into something truly glorious. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you so much for the work that you do in each of our lives and for the way that you remind us through each other that we are not alone, that we are the saints of the church redeemed by your grace. May we reflect upon that important work and how we can participate in it with you as we move toward Advent and Christmas in this season of Thanksgiving. Amen.